welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, satrikal, aloha, ciao, bonjour, and buna. It's so awesome to be with you again. And, you know, I know you're going to be very happy you're tuning in today because we have a very special guest. Corey Samuelson, who is a mental strength coach, and I'm so excited, Corey, for what we're going to be talking about today. So please, welcome, 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 and tell us more about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I really appreciate being uh, on your show, and uh, you were saying that you use all those different languages, and how many is it that you're using there, do you know? Um, I think the last time I counted, we were up to 10 different greetings, although sometimes uh, I might miss one or something. So I can't promise how many I just made right now. Fair enough. <laughs> Thought I'd just put you on the spot. I was just curious. So uh, yeah, so I, my name is Corey Samuelson. And um, yeah, I'm a mental strength coach. I sometimes go by a cognitive strength coach or a resilience trainer. And the idea being that the challenges in life are mental challenges, and they always are, even in the most physically demanding scenarios that you, one can put oneself into, it's still a mental challenge. And we fail more in the poor choices that we make than the body itself. And even when the body fails, that's when we absolutely need to be mentally strong because yeah that's like the foundation of any type of strength and sometimes i actually do say that physical strength is a circumstance just like being you know in a in a situation where you're living in a home or if you're homeless i mean those are circumstances right. and so being physically strong is just like being in any other circumstance because the body it does what it does and we just live in it sometimes and it does its own thing sometimes it's things we prefer sometimes not so much so yeah. i focus now more because my background is fitness training and i'm still involved in that but i focus more on the on the mental strength that we need as opposed to just building up the body which is still very important and i still still totally am into that as well Nice. Actually, you know, one of the things when I first was first getting to know you, Corey, that I really loved is how you are able to sort of take what you teach about building physical body strength um, and, and use that to help people learn how they can, um, you know, build better mental fitness and mental strength. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just absolutely love uh, that because, you know, like you were saying, um, it's like, yes, the, the physical condition of our body is a circumstance and 
really so much of our life experience is and 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 the results that we see in our lives and all that it's really about what's going on in our minds but mm-hmm. also like our mind and body are so intricately and intimately connected that for yeah. sure our physical health has an impact on our mental health and our mental health has an impact on our physical health yeah yeah and i called my company stoic strength and the reason is because stoicism to me fit my way of thinking even before i was exposed to it when i when i started to read what the stoics had to say way back in ancient greece and rome um i thought wow this is this is the path that i'm on and obviously it wasn't identical but it was very similar the main themes were there and one of the main themes is that we only can choose how we deal with things it's not what happens to us it's what we think about what happens to us and my favorite stoic philosopher is epictetus and his teacher musonius rufus he actually did say that there are two paths to to wisdom or to a good life and one of them is is more I think he put it in the terms of it's more spiritual it's more to develop the soul as they would put it and then there's the physical where it's you know working through the body mm-hmm. and in the end he said the best is to do both at the same time so you meld your physical development with the development of your character and your soul mm-hmm. and I loved that and that was one of the again another reason where I thought yeah I like the stoics so I kind of took that branding onto myself although I might not be a very good interpreter of the of the stoics I, I may not understand their their points as a stoic philosopher in modern day would but I still consider myself on their team so to speak <laughs> yeah but what you're sharing about their philosophy with me right now um I feel on board with that too in fact you know what you were just saying about uh the two paths to uh like you know the, there's a spiritual path and then there's a mastering your body path uh it made me think about yoga actually and mm-hmm. that's very much also the the idea with yoga like in western culture most people when they think about yoga they only think about it in the context of the physical um yeah. yoga postures and doing it for physical training as a form of physical exercise but really if you look at yoga as um you know the the tradition that it is and the roots uh of how it developed and so forth in in India it really was always meant to be a discipline that provides a way for you to simultaneously uh create this yoga so the word yoga actually means union and so they're talking mm. about the union of your mind and body and spirit and so yoga is meant to be a practice that allows you to achieve that union and sort of um you know create growth in all these aspects of your life hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. 
Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Yeah, I uh, I think I'd heard that about the union before, but uh, I'm not a yoga expert either in my physical training, so I wasn't sure about that. And what occurred to me as you were saying that was that even in entrepreneurship, for example, people who are building a business, in the beginning, it's it's very much about, okay, what tactics do you use what strategies do you need to use and both the maybe the equipment the technology like the cameras that we're using right now to record these these podcast interviews and uh, the mic that we're using but from what i've heard as you as you go further and further into the path of entrepreneurship it becomes less about again the material itself and it's more about mindset and sometimes it becomes again a, a path of self-development because from what i've heard i mean i'm very early in my entrepreneurial journey myself but uh when you get to the levels of say a tony robbins or um oh geez i'm drawing a blank on any other business names at the moment gary vaynerchuk um warren buffett that it's it becomes a reflection of the character of the person that is actually implementing the business, the strategies, the tactics. Mm. And, and yeah, it, it becomes just as much about the character development there, even though it's, it's about dollars and cents and, and sales and influence and all that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. If you take something far enough, it almost starts to say the same thing, whether we're talking about different spiritual traditions, or working out or playing a guitar or building cabinets and you know it yeah you can get into that and at the upper levels i think that's where mastery in the end lies is Mm -hmm. that uh Mm -hmm. the mindset which is why i'm into mental strength more because Uh that's in the end is what you have yeah for sure i agree with you and and you know when it actually comes to business even when you're just starting out it really is so much about the mental game, even then at every stage. Um, and because, you know, yes, when when we are starting out, we tend to be more focused on the strategy and the tactics and what technology do we need to use? Because uh, for a lot of us, like, you know, for me, I know uh, those were the new aspects of what I had to deal with. And in some ways, you know, it's also a lot of the, the, the busy work that you need to do or get done in order to, mm-hmm. you know, 
get your business going and progressing and so forth but with the whole time there's always a mental uh, component to it also because if for example you don't have um the right kind of confidence um you don't have a good healthy money mindset uh you don't have you know a good uh, ability to create and maintain healthy relationships all of these things are going to impact your ability to grow your business or even start your business maybe in the first place and yeah. maintain it you know over time so there's always that mental component that's present um, yeah yeah i wasn't trying to i wasn't trying i i hope i didn't suggest to yeah. anyone or, or try to make it seem that i was suggesting that it wasn't a part of the journey the whole time but it's in the beginning when you don't even know what to do it's easiest and obviously the most obvious to say okay what what step do i take and then yeah. okay so this coach or this this business person who is a mentor is going to say okay well what you need to do is a b and c and it's less even though the the mindset is there it has to be there there has to be a yeah. bit of yeah. um an expectation of say success or achievement yes. but in the beginning those tactics are easier to deal with it's like being in the gym it's like okay so what exercise should i do yeah. what does the workout look like how many times a week do i go mm -hmm. because those are things that are tangible and it's it's easier to deal with as opposed to well you get into the mindset of you are a healthy person and you have to accept that and don't don't look at the condition of your body right now mm -hmm. think of what you want to be and who you want to be and that becomes very esoteric it's it's more the nitty-gritty details in the beginning but then when you get a handle on that then all of a sudden mindset can be approached because everything else is well that's second nature i go to the gym for example i work out three times a week or five times a week i know how to do that yeah. now it's about okay so what's happening above the uh, the neckline so to speak yeah just yeah. to clarify I guess it's, it's partly maybe also an issue of like teaching pedagogy in the sense that um, I, I have seen, I think, an evolution happening, for example, um, even like 10 years ago. 15 years ago well it was for me i started my coaching training um, business about 10 years ago and even then you know um like when i went to because i didn't know anything about business and how to do business i would just wanted to get into this because i was so passionate about sharing what i had learned about how to be happy how to create inner peace and so forth in my life and i was like okay um so i want to start my own business uh, you know around this and so i started taking lots of classes and going to different trainings and seminars and for sure like 90 percent of the focus uh was on strategies and tactics and you know all of that kind of stuff um but i have seen in the last 10 years there's been like a shift or maybe i'm just more aware of it 
where now the more and more and more I'm seeing of the even the business coaches, the especially the best ones that I have been able to connect with and find and work, more and more they're starting to emphasize even from when you first connect with them, they're like, ah, oh, we have a, a module in our program that's focused on mental health. Or, you know, we have this component to our training that addresses the limiting beliefs that people hold because more and more, you know, people are recognizing just how much it's the mental side of things that holds people back. Just like two, three days ago, I was talking with a sales coach and she was like um, saying the same thing where she was like when, you know, she had started her practice she would just focus on teaching people the strategies and the tactics of how to become an excellent salesperson but mm-hmm. she said i was realizing that a lot of my clients weren't able to benefit from my teaching because they weren't implementing what i was teaching them because they had all these limiting beliefs and blocks that um you know they couldn't overcome and so they couldn't apply what i was teaching and so they didn't see the results and so now you know she 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 uh, she builds in this like mental health component in her in her in her practice too um and i was like yay i'm so glad you're doing that because <laughs> as a happiness expert i i really appreciate you know people um um appreciating and understanding how important the mental strength and the mental health aspect of things is yeah and that's very similar that's almost parallel to my progression as a fitness trainer mm-hmm. because in the beginning you you do get certified and you you learn okay this is this is what the goals are for when you interact with a client this is what you're putting them to helping them to understand as far as exercise here's your posture here's what you're thinking about, here's how your joints move, this is a correct technique. But in the end, what I realized was that, yes, when the the client, the fitness client was in front of me and I was helping them in the gym, they could do everything that I asked. But the challenges that they were having was in the time when they were outside of the gym and they were on their own. And it was choosing to go to bed on time to get enough rest, choosing healthier foods, choosing to actually show up for the session those are the moments and that's that's why i became a mental strength coach and i started to look at the the strength to make the what i call the excellent choice or the virtuous Mm -hmm. choice which ties back to how the stoics would put it but it's a bit of an older word and so i i use excellence instead and the thing however is excellence as a standard is very what is it what is excellence Mm. and in the end it does come down to you have to set again standards that are tangible Mm. it's not just oh i'll i'll know it when i see it that may be true but if you actually define it beforehand then you can make the choice to live up to that standard in the moment and you will know when you're being excellent. And if it's not a standard, then you can relax and you're not beating yourself up when you, mm-hmm. when you don't, 
what I'm trying to say is sometimes people hold themselves to standards that they don't realize they're holding themselves to. Yes. And they start to beat themselves up like, like maybe again, social pressure, or if they go on Instagram and they see all these lives that have been curated and like, oh, my friends are doing this and these people and these celebrities are doing that. And my life isn't there, but those goals might not be theirs to begin with, yet they're, whole, they're expecting themselves to be at that standard and they end up beating themselves up about it when that's not even what they want. Okay. So it's, it, you get into that nitty gritty of, okay, what is it that I want? What, how do I define excellence for myself yeah. in my character, in the goals that I want to achieve, in the life that I want to live? And when you know what those standards are, then it becomes just a matter of, you know, the, the uh, word integrity. It's just keeping your word to yourself to live up to the standard, but not anybody else's standards. That's up to them. And they can't, and they shouldn't, if I could use that word, they shouldn't have any influence on what you feel about your own life. If they're earning $10 million, if they have six pack abs, if those aren't your goals, that's that's perfect. That's their life. This is mine, right? Yes, I love that. And you know what you're saying about like if you know how to define excellence, that is so important. That um, oh my gosh, that is, um, I just I just absolutely love that part and just made me think of like in a different context how that is so important because <laughs> I'm I'm more you know on the mental health side of things mm -hmm. and so I was thinking about how in the context of trauma healing work you know having these uh, understandings of you know what being mentally healthy being um, you know, like uh, the different um, stages of trauma healing, um, you know, sort of like what the markers are. So, you know, when you look at where you are, you can be like, okay, this is where I am and I can get there. You know, so for example, um, you know, one of the paradigms that we often talk about in trauma healing um, is the victim to survivor to thriver paradigm mm. that you know when you first experience the trauma uh or you're in in if you are still experiencing the trauma you know that's when you know you're sort of in the victim stage of things and there are certain feelings and experiences that you're going to be having um because you are experiencing that trauma at that time mm -hmm. you know and so um it's like okay but then once you are out of that danger or that crisis is over um then you know it's like okay uh you can focus on he begin this you know uh, recovering start the recovery process the healing process and so then you are in the survivor stage of of things and then there's like all these different you know again emotions and experiences that you go through in that context um so for example feeling angry about what happened with you or feeling depressed because of what you experienced um these are actually stages of the healing process 
And if you can recognize that, then you can be like, ah, there's nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. This is a part of the healing process, you know, and um, it, you know, it doesn't stop here. Like I keep going and from, you know, feeling these feelings, we eventually reach to the stage of acceptance and integration of, you know, these experiences. And then, you know, actually then you move to being a thriver, um, you know, over um, the, you know, and in that context, it's like, ah, now when you're a thriver, you know, it's a very different mindset where you've become more, um, like you're able to look back at what you experienced and you, you're able to focus on the learning and the growth that you're experiencing and reframe, mm-hmm. you know, that right. whole thing. So anyway, the point is that I know for me, because I'm a trauma survivor too, it was so helpful to understand this and to be like, ah, I want to get to that point. I want to become a thriver. And these are the things I'm working on achieving um, for myself. So I'm working on, on, uh, you know, like being a thriver. Like one of the markers of it is that you you stop blaming and judging yourself. So to, Mm. to get to that point, uh, you know, of excellence in, in my mental health, where I'm not blaming and judging myself or, you know, doing it much, much, much less. Um, that like, for me, that was like one of the markers, for example, and it was so helpful to, to have that and to know that. Yeah. And it's, it's the possibility of it in the beginning. Yes. when you're when you're like you're sitting in this survival and maybe as you put yeah. it the victim mentality to realize oh there there's a level that I can get to others have done it yeah so I can too and also I'd like to just because it occurred to me again as we talk uh, the mind just does what it does and thoughts pop in that it's it's not just a straight shot from oh here it is and then there it is it's like up down back loop back a little bit go over here get lost like oh i don't know where i am anymore this is working and getting back and you know so it's it's more of a and i know personally that um, i did martial arts for a number of years and i remember having this idea of what martial arts were because i'd seen the movies and i'd seen the tv shows and it's just like it's again it's a curated image of what martial arts are at least when i was a kid we didn't have you know the uh what is it um ultimate fighting championship where you do see how messy it is and how Mm. out of control not out of control but how chaotic and how unclean it is and you have to scramble and that's life and as i was saying i i don't like the mess as much i want everything to be nice and oh that's very clean i know exactly what to do i'm going to just stay in this lane but that's not life life is basically you take a step forward and then you you hit something or life comes out of nowhere and you know then you pick yourself up and you're all greasy and grimy and then you you know you have to show up and do something and i don't like this i don't like how i feel and so yeah it's it's more again it ties back to like you said that reframing where it's no okay this is this is how it's supposed to be this is normal 
this yeah. is fine and yeah. I'm going to deal with this. I've dealt with, I dealt with what I dealt with in the past. I'm still here. I'm surviving. I'm trying to get to thriving. And yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, uh, I like that. I'd never heard that thriver, um, position before. I'd, I'd always heard it. It stopped at survivor. Right. And, uh, yeah. I, I like that. It, and then it rhymes. I like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's one of the missions of my life to make people more aware of this uh, thriver stage because mm. you are absolutely right. Most people do not have awareness that there is this third stage. And uh, because, you know, traditional psychology and clinical therapy and all that, we're just focused on helping people get back to the point of recovery, which is mm. becoming a survivor. You know, recovery is defined as getting back to a state of wellness that is um, as good as when you experience the trauma. So basically, you know, that was the goal of the therapist um, when like if you were working with a mental health um, therapist and all, their goal was to get you back to that point of recovery. Right. And so that's what they did, you know. Um, but the thing is, okay, turns out <laughs> you, you can do better than that. You, you can get back to the point of recovery and then keep growing in your um, right. wellness, you know? Mm. And so that's where the, the thriver stage comes in and it's um, more technically called post-traumatic growth. So it's like right. at a physical level, you know, we can make it an analogy of, of like, let's say if you have an accident and you break mm. a bone or something. Um, yeah. And so then the doctor, plasters you up and if you're bleeding or whatever they will uh you know uh, do whatever is necessary to get you back to the point of good health so you're you, you you know your arms no longer broken and stuff and mm. then your treatment will stop in most cases <laughs> but in this um paradigm where we are aware of of you know post-traumatic growth the doctor would be like all right so now your arm's not broken anymore you're back to the level of wellness you were before you had this accident and now what can we do to make sure you become even more fit than you were before and right. increase your level of fitness you know yes and so become more strength strengthened become more flexible uh, you know uh, improve other aspects of your health uh, and you know so on and so forth so that's that's the difference yeah and the reference point that a person would have because uh, I I don't know if everyone thinks like this but I always think in metaphor so I because of my fitness training I think about fitness metaphors but in this instance I was thinking it's almost like you fell down a hill yeah. And then somebody helps you claw your way all the way back up to the where you were. Yes. And and yeah. then they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. Instead of, okay, so so let's make sure that you don't fall down this hill anymore. Yeah. So maybe walk over here a little bit, be a little bit more aware. So they help you train your awareness, for example, or they help you build the strength to stop yourself from tripping or they work on your balance and, yes. you know, that kind of thing. So you actually do become stronger and yes. you are in a better position so that 
that more than likely won't happen again because you yeah. are stronger. You're right. in a better position, even right. even better off than someone who hasn't fallen down that hill before. You've yeah. got a strength that they don't have, yeah. and that's part of the reframing. Right, that's right. And so, so there is that that you learn to not fall down, or if you do fall down, now you know how to get back up uh, to that point again, uh, much more quickly and effectively because you've been through that learning process but then also tracking further up the hill if you desire right. uh, yeah. assuming that going further up the hill has more advantages to offer and has the ability to improve your level of wellness and so forth even more yeah 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 very very interesting i I mean, obviously, I don't have any background or any education in uh, trauma or anything like that. I do just, I do a lot of reading in philosophy, psychology, personal development um, books and productivity and stuff like that. So I run across a many, many different ideas, but I definitely don't want anyone to get the idea that I know what I'm talking about as far as trauma victims, that's for sure, because uh, mm -hmm. that takes uh, special training, psychology and whatnot. So but yeah, well, but just life itself yeah, is sure. you, if you think about it you know that's that's where that's where we experience our trauma it's it's being alive it's just going through life sometimes right. things happen that's come right. out of left field and even as um even as just normal people we can figure out how to be stronger mm. having gone through something and again fitness training metaphor yeah. That is how you become physically strong. Yeah. You actually have to get to the level where you are hitting your ceiling as far as your strength, and you have to try to to break through that and get to a, a higher level of strength. Oh. And it only comes with the resistance that yeah. you are lifting or pulling or pushing against, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. So you keep, oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, so actually, let's... Uh, you know, because ultimately everything's so connected, you know, uh, and like you were saying earlier, it's like if you take learning deep enough in any field, you begin to sort of find the same lessons. And so mm -hmm. I would love for you to, I mean, my gosh, so you have already mentioned um, like some examples of, you know, life lessons that we can learn through the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the process, of, through understanding the process of physical training and physical fitness. Um, can you give me another example of like what amazing life lessons you can learn and how you can build more mental strength um, by sort of understanding better the processes and the ideas of physical strength building sure I'll, I'll give that a shot so one of the things that as a trainer that we help our clients understand is that there is a correct more correct te technique for a specific exercise mm. so for example um, there's something called a, a a forward lunge we'll say where you're standing and then you like you take it slightly exaggerated step forward. So it's not like you're just gonna walk, you actually go a little bit further with your foot and then you lunge down so that you 
look like you're in a half kneeling. So one leg is, is in front, one leg is behind, and you might even touch the knee to the floor. Mm. So there are things to think about technique-wise that will make that a, a safer and a more effective exercise. And if you take that metaphor of correct technique in an exercise outside of the gym, then maybe getting up in the morning, for example, if you're challenged by that, we'll just keep it really basic. So if you, if the alarm clock goes off, if you're using an alarm clock and you struggle and it's always like, oh, I got to drag myself out of bed. There are things that you can do technique wise that happen before you go to bed, the evening before. There are things that you can do as you're getting up in the morning that will, again, make the, in quotes, technique of getting up in the morning when the alarm clock goes off better, right? Yeah. And if you, if you think about every, not every moment again, because there are so many moments in life where we have to make choices, but when you set a standard for yourself and you might start with only one, you might say, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get really good at getting up in the morning so that when I do wake up, I'm going to feel fantastic as opposed to just uh, another day. Like this is another, uh, can I sleep 10, 20, 45 more minutes? Yeah. So if you look at just that one choice of, I want to wake up and feel good. Yeah. Then just focus on that. That's kind of the goal separate from all the other goals that you have with work, relationships, finances, whatever it happens to be. And you just think, okay, this is what I'm going to make excellent in my life. I'm going to work on the technique of getting up well. And that it kind of fits. Yes, it does. I get the point. Can you give an example of like a little bit of the technique that you could utilize to make getting up in the morning more easy and then maybe we can sort of extrapolate from that uh, a more generalized life lesson sure yeah so there there are a number of things one could do but the easiest and the most obvious is to get to bed on time Mm. now how quickly a person falls asleep Again, the body does what it does. And if you lay down in bed and, and think, okay, it's time to sleep, you might not fall asleep. But if you if you have a certain time where you say, I'm going to be in bed 30 minutes before I want to be asleep, for example. So you just relax in bed, maybe you read. I, would, I wouldn't recommend getting on your phone because then you're staring at a little tablet and light is, is shining into your eyes. But a nice dim glowing um, night light, maybe read for 10, 15 minutes, get a little drowsy. You could do some breathing exercises to relax. But knowing that you have to get up at, say, 7 o'clock in the morning, figure out, okay, so how much sleep do I want to be getting? And again, you can't, you can't force your body to sleep. Other things might happen. Maybe you need to get up and go to the bathroom. Maybe somebody, a neighbor makes noise. But if you just say... I'm going to go to bed eight and a half hours before I need to wake up. Yeah. Then you're giving yourself a good opportunity. And if that seems unrealistic, well, then, you know, maybe only seven and a half hours before. So you're trying to get a solid seven hours. Mm -hmm. But the idea being 
that there's something that you can do before, almost like, uh, like a chef would do, the mise en place, where they set up their, their cooking station to be yeah. most efficient. You do the same thing with going to bed. So right. that's, that's one thing that I would recommend. Okay, so, the, so the, the more general life lesson that we apply from this process is the prep is really important. The, so whatever action you want to take, um, it's not just about that action in itself. Mm -hmm. It's also about how you prepare prior yourself, prior to and your environment, prior to taking that action. And you just made me in that context, think about how uh, in the Muslim tradition, um, we're required, if you're being observant, you are required mm -hmm. to pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are taught that you shouldn't just stand up in prayer, prayer, like I'm talking about ritual prayer, of course, in this context. So you don't just stand up and just begin the ritual prayer process. There's all this like pre-prep that you do. Mm -hmm. Like for example, there's a ritual washing process that you're supposed to go through before right. you start the official prayer process. And mm -hmm. the the ritual prayer pro uh, washing process is actually part of the prep that helps you begin to shift your mindset uh, yeah. out of, you know, all of the worldly concerns and things that were keeping you busy and begin to shift into a mindset of okay i'm going to be praying now and so i'm yeah. going to be more focused on that and uh it, it it's actually really helpful like i know when i sometimes skip the 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 washing process it i i and i just jump into the prayer i i'm more distracted it takes me longer to to calm my mind and become focused on prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of interesting points there that just makes me think um, the ritual, as you were saying, the, the cleansing ritual, and I don't know exactly what it is, but you were you were making some motions with your hands. So I assume there's a hand washing ritual, yeah. perhaps. And I, I understand that you can think of it very practically mm -hmm. or symbolically in this way yeah. that you are washing away the concerns of what you were just doing whether you just had an argument with your spouse or your kids were acting up or you yeah. got some bad news it's like okay no i'm washing all of that away like that's one way of looking at that type of a ritual yeah. where it's just like okay those concerns now are washed away and i can you kind of compartmentalize it for the moment and then you go into your your prayer practice yeah. um in the i'm not sure if i'm saying this right but in the scientific research and the literature they call this priming and mm -hmm. one of one of the things that i recommend to clients is that they prime their mind whenever they're going to change a task and that's a technical term that i use for you know segmenting different tasks in your day so for example we're doing a podcast right now and i then am going to go and eat dinner so when i'm done this podcast and we say goodbye and everything's done i'm going to take off the earbuds here turn down the machine and then 
if I really want to work on being more mindful of eating, I will take a, a just a few moments, maybe just a minute, minute and a half. And I'm going to say to myself, in a moment, I'm going to go and eat dinner. And then I'll ask myself, how can I eat dinner excellently or with excellence? And then I'll define what I mean by that. Now I'll give myself maximum of three things to work on. So maybe I will be mindful of the food that I'm eating. I'm going to chew at least 30 times each and I'm just going to make this up on the spot. And, and then I'm going to make sure that I talk to my spouse mm -hmm. and connect with her because she's been doing her thing and I've been doing my thing in here. So those are three standards now that I take into that moment of changing from the task of being on a podcast to going and eating dinner. And that's a bit of a ritual. It's, it's not a spiritual ritual like prayer would be, but it's the same, not, not, I don't want to, I don't want to try to equalize those moments, but, or those, those ideas, but basically it's the same. It's a parallel process. Right. It's a very similar idea. So the scientists, the secularists, they call this priming where the yeah. more religious, more spiritual it's, it's a ritual. Yeah. yeah, these are keys to success, they're keys to creating excellence in our life and in the experiences that we have. And so you apply them in different contexts and you might call them different names, but the, the underlying lesson is the same. And that's what we've been talking about, about, you know, that, that that's just part of the beautiful. I think it's part of the beautiful reality of our lives and how things work in, in this world that yeah. you know you you actually can look at so many different aspects of our of our life and when you like dig beneath the surface you find all this commonality and this uh universal wisdom that you can then use um to uh, when you become more consciously aware of it then you can use it to enhance your life uh, much more easily mm -hmm. And I think quite often trends because of the internet that we have now, things like the concept of mindfulness, yeah. it just kind of like a tidal wave just sweeps across the, the world consciousness. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking about Western world right now. I, I don't, I'm not very familiar with what's going on in many, many parts of the world. But if we have internet access, quite often we are exposed to the same big ideas all at once right. and sometimes what can happen with a concept like mindfulness is that it becomes cliche and mm -hmm. it just becomes like oh yeah i know what mindfulness is and then yeah I, i'm sure i do that or yeah I, I get the idea i get the hang of it and then it just kind of like ah, whatever but it it does take conscious intention mm -hmm. to to really be mindful it does take right. work it Yes. that's the point of it right it's it's not an it's it's not a non-conscious mindfulness it's getting out of that automatic response to a certain situation or circumstance and actually becoming aware yes yeah oh my gosh <laughs> big ideas but yeah a lot, yes. a lot to dig into Oh my gosh, so much to dig into. And Corey, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to wrap up for today. I'm sorry because I'm having so much fun talking with you. 
but you know what that just means you're gonna have to come back and do another episode sure yeah my pleasure i would love it always good chatting yes so do you have any last words or thoughts you want to share for right now just one thing that occurred just before when i was thinking okay what are we going to talk about before we even before i even logged in here with you i was thinking that quite often the the mind itself and consciousness has been has been thought of with certain models and so in the beginning it was uh one of the most cutting edge was that the the mind and and the way it affected the body was like a steam engine and if we let the emotions build up just like steam in a in a in a closed pipe it's going to build up build up and eventually blow up right and that was incorrect that's not how the emotions work and now we've got technology and now okay so the mind is like a computer and you just you put in programs and that's starting to fall by the wayside because it's not it's more about conditioning just like you would condition the body you have to work at it it's not just input something like with hypnosis where you just sit down in the hypnosis chair and the hypnotist says okay this is how you're going to think from now on about cigarettes and you're not a non-smoker that does work but it's not like a program and if it fails then all of a sudden the person says oh i guess that doesn't work and it i don't have to make any effort whatsoever but a good hypnotist will say no this is this may work instantly or it may take some effort and i i like to use the model of the mind is like a muscle or the just like a little body and you have to condition it it's not just a matter of programming yeah. and that doesn't make my model right but it makes me comfortable with it and you just have to find a model of the mind and how you can learn to deal with the strength that you want to develop in your mental capacities that works for you and again just like your standard of excellence if that works and somebody else has a different standard that's okay that's their life this is mine so i'll leave it at that i love it and that's a wonderful place to leave it for now thank you so much cory i really appreciate everything that you shared and um, yeah i enjoyed it oh And for everyone who is listening, please know that we're uh, going to be adding Corey's links in the show notes. So click on that link, connect with Corey, and allow him to uh, share his more of his brilliance with you. And um, yeah, until you know, next time, I wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.